before we go any further, before we get into recapping this episode, we have some really big news for you guys. You guys, yes. Uh, if you were not able to participate in our premiere live show, we hope you can participate in our finale, finale. Live, live show. show. <laughs> Same location. We're going to have a panel of guests. Yes. We're going to have... Female, female, female super, super ladies. Yes. We're gonna have TV experts. We're gonna have maybe someone who worked on the set of Twin Pinks. Wink, wink. It's somebody who pretended they did, but it'll be amazing. <laughs> um, it's gonna be. There'll be drinks. There'll be Laura Palmer's. We'll be in costumes. It'll it'll be amazing. So get tickets. 7 p.m. Freeze Brewing on September 4th. If you're in the Brooklyn area, yes, it's on Labor Day. Um, Mondays. You can find the information at our website. There will be drinkingpodcast.com and or also facebook.com slash TWBDPod. Our event. Our, you can RSVP for the whole shipping. It's there. free. It's free. It's free, guys. But we do want you to RSVP. Yeah. So we know, like. So we know you're coming. No, you're coming. Yeah. So we can hide stuff under your seats. Yes. <laughs> okay. We're going like, to write you all a personalized note. Ooh, and we're going to actually ooh, assign ooh, seating. Ooh. Everyone's going to be have their own reserved email. <laughs> their own reserved seating. You're yeah. going to feel like a big shot because you're going to have a sign on your seat that says reserved, reserved. <laughs> with your name on it. Wow. And so, you know, you also don't want to be the person that reserves the seat and then has an empty and seat. show up because your name will be on it. So, so, we'll see you there. I don't know if that entices you to board RSVP, but you should. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Let's get into this episode. Okay. okay. <gasps> Laura's dead. Ah! Diane, I am holding in my hand a small box of chocolate buns. Hello, everyone, and welcome to There Will Be Drinking Recaps Twin Whoa, whoa, Meredith, is there is there a hole opening in this apartment? Is there what is that? I don't know. I remember um, that blind lady talks. Right. Well, she talks like backwards mumbles. Yeah, I don't. It's like mumblecore. That's what I was doing. <laughs> um, we are uh, in season three, episode 13. Part, part 14. Episode 14. Part 14. Shit. Yes. Well, you know, time is relative. Yes. <laughs> part 14. Uh, I'm Kate. That's murder. Yes. And, and we're... We are just think of us as like your spirit guides for all things um, uh, that are funny in Twin Peaks. If you were, maybe not like all things Twin Peaks because we're not breaking it down, breaking it down. If you were a supernatural being from Twin Peaks of any episode, what would you be? Ooh, whoa! Do you have an answer while I think of one? I want to be the little boy with that hold scream corn, the magic little boy. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, or. Or I, I, I would be Laura Palmer. She's she she's seems pretty, really fun. Mm-hmm. She <laughs> seems like she has a good time. But she also had a t- shitty life. Yeah, mm, fair. So I don't know. I'd be. I think I'd be Major Briggs. 
Yeah, I think Major is he, Briggs is he's an a supernatural per- or the log. I'd be the log. <laughs> I'd totally be the log. I think Major Briggs is an excellent choice. Okay, cool. Because cool, he's cool. also a good a good human. Right. And also like he's not fucked up in the way that Laura's fucked up. Right. There's there's a difference. Mm. Yeah, he seems to have like his his brain in order. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um Anyway, guys, we watched an episode that I really liked, which is a rarity for me. I two, loved two this times episode. In a row, I know I like the last one, I like this one. Yeah. Well, it just feels like stuff is happening. And even if I don't understand it, I like kind of understand it. This episode was just as wonderful as the last. And yeah. it had all of the quirky, crazy shit that I loved from the last episode. Uh-huh. But actually moved the plot forward and made yep. crazy. Like you had actual like revelations. Yeah. Like things were explained. It, it was violent, but people, they deserved it. So I was fine with it. It wasn't even. Yeah, I definitely seen worse yeah exactly uh from this show and i i loved it i loved it yep me too yeah um should we go right into it or we have to first... i don't know about you but i want to drink a little bit first. right that's what i was thinking is that we do a little cheersy times first um as as always we have to prep ourselves yes because i don't know how do you feel do you feel like being inebriated helps you understand twin peaks more um a little bit. I would suggest it. Yeah. Like I try it once yes. sober or actually reverse that. Try it drunk, then flip sober. Flip it and reverse it. Right. <laughs> Turn around, flip it and reverse it. And then Black Lodge style. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> that was so good. I didn't even think about that reference going that deep. And you did. Yeah, I did. You did. Missy Elliott, David Lynch fan. Who would have known? <laughs> you did. Yes. <laughs> Um, oh my god that's so funny (laughs) that's so wonderful uh anyway so the drink that you should try out before jumping into any any twin peaks thing is the laura palmer guys yeah fucking the laura pom pom yes little pominator yeah just take some some burbs some whiskey bourbon Mm -hmm. um you're gonna soak it over a whatever period of time makes sense to you with black tea bags (laughs) Don't don't give it like a little dash dash because it won't quite be strong enough because bourbon has its own thing going on. It's not like water where you put a little dash dash and it'll suddenly taste vaguely of tea. Well, much you have like, to like really this, flavor that. This puppy. drink, much like Twin Peaks, any answer is right. Exactly. <laughs> Except for Here are the, the ingredients little plop plop. You decide. You might want to do like a plop 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 is yes. what I'm saying. <laughs> yes, of the I tea agree. bag. I agree. Um, and then put some lemon juice in there. Whatever you like, whatever's floating your boat. You know, but some people just like a hint of things too, right? Well, I, <laughs> I see what you're saying. <laughs> some people are just want the tea bag to float over the bourbon. <laughs> they just want to touch. <laughs> they, need to, they want the corner of the tea bag to be other. wet. <laughs> hey, so nice to see you. They want like if the tea bag was writing in the bourbon's yearbook, it would say um, "hags." <laughs> Then that's it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. We just say hags, really love tea bag. And love love tea. Right. And then 10 just years later. Tea. Right. Love tea. tea. Love tea. 10 years later, Bourbon would look in his yearbook and be like, who is this guy? <laughs> yes. I don't even know who tea is. I know that he was in my life long enough to, to write my, my yearbook. yearbook. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, hey, all the in people. Fact, you did not make, though. All the people out there who wrote hags in my yearbook, I just want to say. Go fuck yourself. No, you don't. Just, you know, maybe don't call me. We have a we yearbook we can call people out. 
we could is we have is a couple the, yearbooks is the, and you and i went to school together is the middle school yearbook here yes downstairs no not nearby oh, it's upstairs yeah all right all right but it's in, in our, the future it's in in our yeah it's in, in our, the future we'll get that out it's in our our it's in a 500 foot radius you know what we should do what get out the middle school yearbook and play Who's Laura Palmer? Who's Donna? Ooh, who's Bobby? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just based on the pictures. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'd love that. Also, like, just reasons to tag people <laughs> and things. I love that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I would love that. Okay. Okay. Well, let's talk about episode 14. Yeah. There's a lot that went down in part 14. So, yeah, we should not waste any time. Mm-hmm. No, we got to get in here. Immediately with Gordon Cole still in still in Buckhorn, South yep. Dakota. Mm-hmm. What? There's no sense of urgency to leave again. That's probably only been like 48 hours that they've been there, right? Uh, and he is returning Sheriff Truman's phone call. Mm-hmm. Apparently, he made a, a a call to Gordon Cole. Mm-hmm. He first speaks with Lucy, mm-hmm. and they have a lovely back You're and still forth. Still here, Lucy? Yes. <laughs> She's like, yeah. Her response so goddamn cute. She's like. He's like, he he says, Lucy, you've been there through all these years. And she goes, well, I go home with Andy at night and I we've gone on vacation to Bora Bora. I, and he just of all the people, uh-huh. he did not respond to this to this line of I know uh, this this statement. There's so many loved. puns that could have been made. Oh, but also like that. He he has a sense of humor. Right. So it's kind of like. He just doesn't acknowledge it. And I just thought that was, I thought it was, it, it highlighted the, the adorableness of Lucy a little bit more. Are you ready more. for I some puns it. about going to Bora Bora? Lay it down. Lay it on me. Sounds like Andy's Lucas. been getting him some more Mora. <laughs> yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Sounds like things in Twin Peaks are no longer a Bora Bora. <laughs> <laughs> I like that they're both about Bora Bora. Maybe if you converted to Judaism over the last 25 years, you would be visiting the Torah Torah. <laughs> And doing the horror horror. And doing the horror horror. Hey. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, you did great. Jokes Gordon Cole missed out on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so he gets tra- uh, he gets transferred to Sheriff Truman, mm-hmm. who he he assumes is their OG Harry S. Truman. Mm-hmm. He's not aware of our OG H. S. Truman's condition mm-hmm. and he sends his regards mm-hmm. uh but true bro is basically telling him you know that they have opened the investigation in, uh of laura palmer's case because mm-hmm. they found some missing hawk had happened to find some missing pages from her diary right and they indicate something about two coopers this and, was the diary that was in the bathroom and, door right yes, mm-hmm. yes. Uh, I think that they think that Leland put there and Cole says that he can't comment on the information, but he does want him to know that he truly appreciates it. So mm-hmm. basically acknowledging that this is worthwhile information without and, saying I know anything about. This. Yes, exactly. Right. So uh, still in Buckhorn in the same hotel room, we cut to Tammy and Albert and they are Albert seems to be kind of catching Tammy up a little mm-hmm. bit more about the history of the Blue Rose cases. Mm-hmm. Uh, these are some things I, apparently. This is information that was 
in the history of Twin Peaks, but this is information that is first revealed in the television show. Mm -hmm. The Blue Rose cases started in 1975, and the first two investigating agents were Cole and Jeffries when they were investigating a murder in Olympia, Washington. So Mm -hmm. it's always been in Washington, it seems. Mm -hmm. Uh, They were basically with this first, this first um, investigation was surrounding a woman named Lois Duffy, Mm -hmm. who was a suspect of this, of this murder a suspect to, uh, who committed this murder. And so they arrive at a motel to arrest her. And once they arrive, they hear gunshots. So they kick down the door and they see that one woman was shot in the abdomen dying from this. And it, it it's their suspect named their suspect, Lois, Lois Duffy. Mm-hmm. And then the other woman holding the gun who just shot Lois is Lois Duffy. Right. Classic doppelganger. Yes. Classic. Um, Your doppelganger comes over and kills you. Right. And Lois Duffy does not have a twin. So this is the same person. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Um, And the person laying on the ground uh, dying from the abdomen shot, uh, her final words to Jeffries and Cole was I'm like the blue rose smiles and then dies right and then disappears right like totally gone nobody nobody right and the lowest that's left there is just like screaming and crying and so she ends up getting tried for this murder that apparently like I guess what we can assume the the lowest that just disappeared probably committed. Like she with the lowest who died is probably the poopy coopy of the situation, right? Yes. Mm, so mm. so she so this disappeared Lois, uh poopy low poopy duffy, uh poopy poopy lowy duffy. <laughs> poopy lowy duffy uh is gone, leaving this other one picking up the pieces that this other one like left behind. Right. And so she's being tried for murder, swears she didn't commit the murder, and then ends up just hanging herself on her jail cell oh, and God. dying as well. Yeah. And so Albert, basically, he tells her all this information, uh, Tammy, this information, and then says to Tammy, now, what is the one question you should ask me about this? And Tammy, the first thing she says is, what is the significance of the blue rose? And then Albert's like, well, what do you think is the answer to that? And apparently, so Tammy's hypothesis is that the blue rose is something that does not occur in nature. It's not a natural thing. Thing. Mm-hmm. So the dying woman was not natural. She was it was a conjured being. And mm-hmm. then she called it a tulpa. Mm-hmm. Which I looked up what that was. I looked it up immediately. Yeah, it's a physical materialization of a thought resulting in the creation of a being or object. Right. It's a Tibetan Buddhist thing. Or right. Something. Um, so I have one important question for you yes. about this yes. scene. Did you or did you not love all of the fancy ass equipment in that room? <laughs> That just had the screens were all just Federal Bureau of Investigation, and then there were like measurement lights, but nobody was so using many, so any many of telephones. the equipment. So many telephones. So many telephones. But also just the three so much of beeping. them. Nobody touched the do equipment. Do they have a gang? They're that thinkers. I don't... They're not tech people. But that's what I mean. Is there a gang there that I don't know about? Like... I, I I don't know. All I know is I just was I rewound it because I was like, what's going on with this equipment? <laughs> and I and I thought to myself, like, maybe I'm not paying hard enough attention and this equipment is there to detect something and I've forgotten about it. It's possible. But then I'm like, no, this was never brought up. This is just a room full of transmitters. Well, that's, that's, that's which I guess what I mean, kind like, of fits on brand. Oh, but the, that's what I mean. I'm thinking, like, they're not, like... Like, what are they look? They're looking for people. In a hotel? Like, I don't know. And then also the... 
In yeah. a hotel. That's right. All that equipment is in a hotel. They, you could do anything they want to do. They could just do from their uh, cell phones, probably. Yeah. Like, they don't right. Need, right. <laughs> they don't need that much equipment. Uh, uh, okay. Sorry. Yeah, it, Go no, on. It is totally hilarious. <laughs> yeah. So then, uh, so they end the conversation and, and Albert's basically like, you know, tells her like, yes, you're, yeah. you're on the right track. You're thinking mm-hmm. the right way. That mm-hmm. that's essentially what we, you know, everything as a viewer, we know that we now know for sure that the agents know all this information as well, if not obviously more, but right. they're like, they're on the same page. There's no, there's no, like they know that, that shit's whack right this whole situation right um so cole comes in after his phone call with sheriff truman and says that um diane's gonna follow you know shortly after uh and a great scene here (laughs) we're like (laughs) i like this a window cleaner comes by and it's like radically cleaning the windows it's it's very much like a cirque du soleil (laughs) window cleaner oh it's insane looking (laughs) it's like it's insane looking like if a spider and a man bred they would be that window cleaner it was no he was yeah like he was a mime like he was trying to put on a performance for yeah. them as he was cleaning he was like oh there's something going on in there i'm gonna yeah. just i'm just gonna make their day but little <laughs> do they know that he's scratching up the window of gordon cole and he can't gordon stand Cole's like sounds. too squeaky <laughs> It's too squeaky. Like my baby ears are being are being offended. Yeah, it was so. It was. uh, It was beautiful. It was a beautiful little (laughs) segment of the scene. So uh, Cole sits down. Diane follows shortly after, and uh, Cole asks her if the when he last saw cooper mm-hmm. then the night that she last saw cooper did he say anything about major briggs and she was reluctant to answer but apparently and he doesn't ask her the details he just wants to know if he mentioned him and she responds with yes which i was actually surprised she said yeah she's seeming to be a little bit more cooperative right well so then albert reveals information that you know we've all also know like as a viewer and also seen cole and mm-hmm. albert go through this already they revealed to her information as far as what they've been investigating the last couple of days and uh, give her the information. So they say that they've been investigating an old case and 25 years from 25 years ago that's involving Cooper and Briggs. Mm-hmm. And it was assumed that Briggs died 25 years ago from a fire in a government facility. Mm-hmm. But it turns out actually he only died a few days ago in Buckhorn. And when they did the autopsy, they found a wedding ring that in his stomach that said to Dougie with love, Janie E. And Diane apparently knows these people. Janie E is her sister. Her sister. What? Her half sister. Uh, they're estranged, but she knows that her nick like Jane, her, her name is Jane. Her nickname is Janie E, and she is married. And he, she knows that he is married. She is married to someone named Douglas Jones, who everyone calls Dougie. So now I'm like, I mean, how involved is she with setting up? The Dougie situation, I think fully involved. But then again, why would she be like, oh, that's strange. My sister, why is she volunteering that information? It's because she wants to play it both ways. Like, I think she wants. I I think that Poopy Koopy is a little bit involved in her head. 
And right. so maybe he got that information from her and she doesn't know she's giving it away. Right. Well, like when you he, know, like a Kilgrave Jessica Jones style situation. Well, when he asks, when he asks um, if they've asked about Las Vegas yeah. to her, very text message, they, and she says they haven't asked yet. Oh, oh, you're right. So, so like, she does have some kind of like she knows that it's relevant. So maybe to poopy, she's leading poopy. them there on purpose. It could be. Yeah. Oh, I think the that fuck I think also like like I said, I think she's willing to pet. I think she's hedging her bets and playing both sides. Maybe. Like what? Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't mm-hmm. you? Like mm-hmm. if you're just like, like she's a pretty self-interested person, I think. And that's it. Like, okay. I, I don't think she I don't think she has a motive. OK. I think she's yeah. just kind of like your survivor. I feel you on that one. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. I but, believe you. Like, I don't know. I just, that's just what I get. I don't get the impression that she's trying to do. One she's going to see which doppelganger succeeds and she's, she's going to go with that one. Yeah. Right. She, and she's like, the, they're the FBI. Like they're going to find out the information that I have regardless. Right. So I might as well. Co- I need to cooperate and right. not seem like I'm trying to hide things. Cause eventually they're going to find out that Janie is. My sister, half sister. And then they're going to be like, why did you hide? Exactly. Yeah. So it's yeah. kind of like why. It is a smart way to play. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. just play it both sides and, you know, see how, see how, you know, runs its course. Why, like Switzerland. Yes, mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, another, th- th- this whole like segment of this, this buckhorn was so fucking funny. So Cole, <laughs> so Cole gets Las Vegas, the Las Vegas FBI department uh, oh office my, on the line. Oh my God. And it's like this short, great scene with these like <laughs> two prototypes of cops. And they're Good, cool. so funny. And um, they're, they're both FBI employees are absolutely shook that director Cole is giving them a call. Like they they're, have they're like a like, Laurel and Hardy moment. They're Gordon Cole. Gordon Cole's on the phone. Gordon Cole's on the like, phone. My, what? What? Oh my God. Who? Oh my God. This what? is my Gordon moment. <laughs> this is my moment. So they want, basically Cole tells, uh, I guess his name is Agent Headley. Mm-hmm. Uh, he tells them that they want, he wants him, everything they have, every information they have about the, a Mr. and Mrs. Douglas Jones in Las Vegas. Yeah, uh, they're connected to a double murder. So be cautious. And this is very high priority for him. Yeah. Uh, and then he just hangs up the phone and uh, Hadley like hangs up and then says that there are 23 Douglas Joneses in the air, the greater metro area. And he's like, you know, assistant or whatever. Just the Wilson. other guy standing yeah, in the room. Wilson. Yeah. He might as well be Wilson. Like the volleyball. Yeah. <laughs> Wilson says, how many she Wilson's like, how are we gonna find the right Douglas Jones? And then Headley loses a goddamn mind. <laughs> He's convulsing. He's like, How many times have I told you that this is what we do in the FBI? Here's my question. What has Wilson done in the past also, like, to merit this reaction? But yeah, also like in either way, like twenty three is not 2000 people that's not that many people the process of elimination would go pretty quickly Uh uh-huh yeah i just i loved this scene and all of its silly cop tropes Mm -hmm. where there's one the boss is always yelling yelling yeah i loved it It god damn it wilson Turn in your badge. Wilson, turn into a human already. I'm, get, I'm really the, tired of listening, talking to a goddamn even, ball. <laughs> you don't even volley back and forth with I, me. I, your, your stuffing's coming out. Honestly, Wilson, you're the worst cop on the force. <laughs> God damn it. Um, so, yeah, anyway, so we got back to uh, Cole 
and mm-hmm. yeah, uh, Tammy and Albert, Diane leaves the hotel room with mm-hmm. all the fancy gadgetry. Mm-hmm. Um, and he um, debriefs them on his conversation with True Bro mm-hmm. and then tells them about a dream of the recurring dream he has with Monica Bellucci, the actual actress, Monica Bellucci. <laughs> and he just apparently has dreams about her all the time. All the time. I mean, it so makes sense. in this case, he was in Paris already on a case and Monica just, you know, asked him to come to. They're he's friends. like, I have some stuff to talk to you about and come to a cafe. Their suits close. Yeah, they're they're great friends. They're friends. Every time he's there, he gets he in touch with her, with her, if not stays at her apartment. Right. You know? Why wouldn't Very I mean, she nice. has a great apartment. Great flat, like unlocked flat. Right. Rent controlled. Right. Great price. Yeah. Right? Great price. Sean's Elysee, you know. It, yeah, exactly. The whole, the whole thing. Exactly. <laughs> so, um, so she apparently, though, Monica's very pleasant and brought friends. Mm-hmm. And then she knows everyone in Paris. She's, yeah. She's, I mean, she's a socialite. She's Monica Bellucci. She's Monica fucking Bellucci. <laughs> and so uh, then he, this is, this is where the more cryptic stuff of the dream comes up. And so Monica says an ancient phrase to him. We're like a dreamer who dreams and then lives inside the dream. Mm-hmm. Um, and Cole said he responds to her, tells her, tells her that she under he understands. And then she says, but who is the dreamer? Mm-hmm. And then she kind of looks behind him. Oh, also in this dream is Cooper mm-hmm. kind of nearby, I guess. And but you can't see Cooper's face. Mm-hmm. So Cooper is there and present, but not. You can't see his face. So mm-hmm. we don't know which Cooper, I guess, is the indication. Mm-hmm. So then Monica, after he tells her, she tells them this dream, you know, scenario, looks behind him. And then Cole turns around to, you know, look at what she's looking at. And she, he sees, it, this is a scene from Firewalk With Me. And yeah. he sees himself right. 25 years ago. Um, and he remembers this memory, which he didn't seem to have before, but it, it's it happened um so or it's actually good i think i think because him and albert remember this now it it's confirmation also to us that this did happen right so cole turns and sees himself and cooper's there telling him so this is a dream within a dream within a dream mm-hmm. at this point because cooper's telling him about the dream Whoa. that cooper had Whoa. that he was concerned about this day 10 10 a.m february 16th because of a dream that he had Mm -hmm. um and he then that this is where philip jeffries appears or as and then as cole says or didn't appear Mm -hmm. so i guess it's like did it or did it not happen right because it's a dream situation right and cole uh and so in this scene in this scene from firewalk with me cole introduces jeffries to cooper and then Jeffrey raises his arm and points to Cooper and says, who do you think that is there? Yeah. Right. So right. this is some. this is like a scene that was not fully fleshed out in Firewalk with me. But now we have. But the now full we know scene. why. Yeah. Question. Yeah. Do you think David Lynch was like really pissed off when Inception came out? Because he was like, <laughs> I did the dream within the dream thing. Motherfucker. Um, now you're stealing my stuff. I mean, I, I'm sure that. Or do you think he and Christopher Nolan like hang out? I'm sure Nolan's very much influenced by like mm. the puzzle, like the layered nature of. Yeah, but Nolan of can't. Lynch. 
Nolan can't not answer questions. <laughs> and Nolan's very flashy. <laughs> he has to answer all the questions. Nolan's very flashy right, as well. Right, exactly. But like Lynch is flashy, but he's not flashy at the same time. Like he doesn't. No, yeah. Like he's, he doesn't he's care. He's eccentric, but I wouldn't say he flashy. Doesn't care. And I also don't. Yeah. I don't think he, he doesn't care so much about his audience. It was just right, clear. Right. <laughs> <Whereas> like Nolan, <laughs> which Nolan seems to like care a lot about who's watching his show, like yeah, his shit his, and wants yeah. it to be a big deal. Right. True. You know, like he wants to be loved. Whereas like David Lynch doesn't give a fuck. And I, I kind of admire that. I do, too. I do, too. Yeah. Christopher Nolan wants to be. But I mean, Christopher Nolan's audience is just dudes. It's it's women, too. I mean, yeah, it's just like it's a lot. I think the ratio breakdown is like, more, yeah, it's a more, lot of more dudes. It's a lot of dudes. Yeah, yeah. I agree. with But you. not like bro dudes, like like film the dudes. same film dudes, the yeah. same dudes who like Lynch. Right. Right. But like more of but them. David Lynch, like doesn't care about them. He's just doing his own thing. Yes. Yeah. Hey. Sorry, sorry, other, um, sorry, film dudes out there who like Lynch and he doesn't care about you, but we're film ladies, so we're gonna take over. Yeah, that's that's my message to you. I think it's like a message of future domination, but I'm trying to be nice about it. I think if we tried hard enough, we would probably be able to get David Lynch on the show. I mean, let's do that as a goal. I think we. I think. Yes. Let's do it. Let's, you know what? Fuck it. Yeah. I think it's possible. <laughs> I think we could totally do it. I think you would admire our spunk. Right. Our our spontaneity. Our punk our, rock aesthetic. Our embracing of in, improv and randomization. Yes. I think, yeah, I think David Lynch could would come down into this basement and have a grand old time. Yeah. He also likes young, pretty ladies. Yeah. I think. <laughs> I mean, everything about us. <laughs> I think it's, it's right up his alley. I think it's a home We run. got snacks. Yeah. We, we got drinks. Yes. We like French stuff. Yeah. Monica Bellucci could come. She could bring friends. Yes. We've got room. Yes. But also, no, but in all seriousness, let's try and get him on. I, I would love it. Let's do it. <laughs> I'll write a heartfelt letter. I would love it. And post it to Twitter. <laughs> I would love it so much. That's talent. Okay. Um, so, uh, so, yeah. So, Cole re- so tells this dream and what Jeffrey says. And then Cole, you know, after he's retelling the dream, is like, damn, you know, I hadn't remembered that before. And then mm-hmm. Albert also agrees. He's like, I'm beginning to remember that, too. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's interesting in the sense that, like, it's like this it's like is either a... do they share a dream or did it happen? Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's also. Yeah, it's playing with this like pers- this memory mm-hmm. issue because everyone seems to have memory issues. And this yeah. is similar to. What happens later in the episode where our, you know, the dream team go into the forest and, and something have their happens. Own kind of dream that they don't remember. And no, and no one remembers mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. I mean, basically, Dougie is living in a in a dream of memories he can't get together. Yes. So, yeah. Well, and it's also, I appreciate there was a lot of acknowledgement. There are so many things about this show that you were like. Is it real or is it not real? Yeah. And there was a lot of acknowledgement of things that we want to real, are real mm-hmm. that are made real that are in real. this episode. That are linked to our yeah. universe. Yeah. One being Dougie Jones and Janie E. Like I was like, I would wow, believe it was a dream. I would what believe it if none of this was in reality. But, it's true. but now we know for sure that's dying. Yeah. Like exactly. these are real people. Um Cut to uh, Twin Peaks Sheriff Station where the boys have packed a lunch mm-hmm. to prepare for a, a mountain exhibition. You know, I love it when they pack a lunch. You know, I, you love it when they're going cruising <laughs> in the woods. When they pack a lunch, I'm like, yes. I, the first thought I had was, are we having lunch in the conference room? 
Chad is going to be pissed. <laughs> well, well, Chad comes right in. I was super satisfied by and that. It, I thought if they, if they did just invite him in there to rub it in his face, I was going to be like, that's pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> but, but this is it. better. So they escort. So True Bro escorts Chad into the conference room and Andy, Brit, Bobby and Hawk are there. Right. And um, they just all at once, as soon as Chad comes in, they all hold a gun up to him and tell him he's under arrest, take yep. his take his badge, and that's it. Lot, they put handcuffs on him, and they're like, fuck you, Chad. And, and I think there was a, a worldwide chorus of fuck you, Chad. Well, and it's also like no Miranda rights. Just like, <laughs> you're, you're right. They you, did not read him as, well, because he knows what they are. Well, what the arrest is for, he, they're not told, they don't tell him that. He just said, they just say, We've been watching you for months. I just feel you like know what it's here's for. the thing, though. He's a cop. He knows his Miranda rights. Yes. He also knows the laws he broke. Do they really have to tell him? I feel like it's just redundant. I don't know if you. I think you do have to say what you're. I know being you do by law, for, but like. But I agree with you in the Miranda rights aspect. I feel like if they went to trial and they were like, "Well, you didn't read any Miranda rights," they'd be like, "Wait, well, he's a cop." Yeah. Like he wouldn't have the job yeah. if he didn't know what they I don't, were. I'm sure you probably still have to read them. But well, the yes. only reason you have to read them is in case someone doesn't know. So you always have to do it as like a blanket. Right. But I think in this case, because he's a cop, I think a judge would be like, yeah, it's a given. Fair enough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they just they lock him up and then they go on their way. They're like, <laughs> we, gotta, we just want to put you in jail before we. We've got some woods visiting well, to I mean, do. It's just more funny because it's like they really just are going to like wrap up that Chad storyline. I think I just they're just going to be yeah, like, they don't Here. have time. There's too much going on. And they're like, just arrest Chad. <laughs> They're in the writer's room. They're like, what about Chad? Just arrest him. Yeah, it's just Pack funny. a lunch, arrest Chad. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's the checklist on the board right. behind them in the conference room. It says, pack lunches. Arrested Chad. And he gets cheese. <laughs> arrest Chad. Let's go. Everyone else, meet cheese only for Andy. <laughs> He's the odd man Vominos. out here. Vominos. I think there's a reason. Okay. Food, Chad. Let's go. Right. And so... Uh, we go, I mean, we, without, you know, with a drone shot over Twin Peaks first. So many drones. Um, and then we go to the Ghostwood Forest where we see where we head to Jack Rabbit's palace, which is where Major Briggs's note originally leads them to. Right. Hey, Meredith. Yes. Jack Rabbit's palace. Yes. It's a tree stump. Yes. I mean, like, I know there's ominous music and zooming in, but. I think you. It's, okay. a, it's a tree stump. It is a tree stump. I think. The second time I watched this episode, I did see an outline of like where they zoom in on the top. Uh-huh. It does look like there's a little bit of a bust of a of a rabbit. Oh, rabbit? Like, oh, that's like cool. you could okay. look, you could like look at that and be like like looking at clouds. It's not like really there, but it's there. Okay. So I was like, okay, I like of a child's I mean, imagination, if you're a kid and you're with your dad, and, and you're like, making up stories about yes. the woods. I get it. Yes. I just also was like, oh wait, it's. It's a tree. Okay. Well, but yeah, I mean, it was like a make-believe place they would go. Mm-hmm. So, um, so it, whenever they're when they're walking towards it, though, I noticed that Andy's like super far behind from everyone else. Like he yeah. seems he's weird. This, it's in this. So well, yeah, and it's, I mean, he's always weird, but he's definitely a standout. Yeah, I would say in this episode, um, he's walking. They're all walking through a trail. They make it to Jackrabbit's palace. And, um, oh, and then also they're walking through this trail that I guess that used to be a, a road and it's not a road anymore. It's just like dirt and like trees are down and uh-huh. over it. And, uh, Bobby says that this road used to lead to major Briggs listening post mm-hmm. station. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And they ask him, you know, they're like, hey, what did he do there? And he, Bobby's like, obviously, like, I don't know. He was a top secret <laughs> assignment. And I, I was only, a shit teenager. And I, well, and also he's like, I only went there like once or twice when right. I was in the facility when I was really little. Like when you don't remember, like you don't think about asking those kind of questions. Like, what is that this for? Um, but he only remembers that it was lots and lots of machines, mm-hmm. you know, kind of like Buckhorn's. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if that's true, but buckhorns. Oh, the hotel, hotel room is full of machines. <laughs> so I also really like, I just want to say that this far into the show that we're finally getting like a lot of fan service. Oh yeah. And it's really like this episode and the last episode, especially have had all these like little twinges to the back to. Previous oh yeah. It's content. really, no, it's really nice. And I like it. Yeah, I agree. And not too, but not too heavy handed. Not too heavy handed. Yeah. It's nice. Mm-hmm. Um, So, so Bobby then like, veers them to the right from this road and there's a large tree stump standing there like you said uh and this is where he and his father would go and like play games and tell stories right um and there's a lot of static when they arrived there was like a lot of electricity sound. electric noises yeah so we know that that some ominous shit is going down mm-hmm. so um from there from the palace the note says to walk 250 yards due east from there but not before putting um, Jack Rabbit's palace, like some of the soil from Jack, from the location they're standing in their pockets. Yeah. So I guess that's to ground them. I guess. Or to be able to bring them back in yeah. case they go. Also, like Jack Rabbit's palace must have some sort of like, you know, it's a place or with maybe memories. Like a na- or maybe like a Native American significance. Well, it's like something. it's a place with memories, with good memories. Okay. That so I, I think it's also just like good, like goodness. Linking you to good things. Yeah, I don't know. Mm. I don't know. Um, is it, it's super convenient that like all this stuff and all this hiking they have to do is in the summer. Because <laughs> could you imagine those no, woods October. in the winter? It's October. How do you know it's October? Because that's when the year supposed, that's what the a Major Briggs's note is. It's like October 1st. Oh. So it's still. Well, it's still like pleasant also, outside. Like Washington doesn't Green. ever get too too cold. Just like I think because it's like doesn't temperate. it snow up near Canada though? Oh yeah, I guess it is closer to Canada. I mean, it's it's, I pretty, like and it's it also like cold. in the center. It's not on the coast. Yeah, well, I'm thinking it's not more like on the Portland. Coast. It's yeah. like in the yeah. Um. Yeah. Regardless, I think still October is still like what they're wearing makes sense. Yeah. Right. They were dressed with coats. Yeah. So they um so they turn. They walk the 253 yards and they arrive at I it's I from what I can tell, it's actually not the same location as the entrance to the Black Lodge. This is a different pool of like. Oil, because mm-hmm. the other oil, oil is like black and this, this one's is gold. gold. So it's a different portal. Yes, for sure. Yes. Yeah. Like same same forest. Right. Different, different portal. For portal. Sure. And so. Um, there's a cloud of smoke around here and a, mm-hmm. like lots of electrical sounds. Mm-hmm. And a woman, the same woman that Cooper encountered when he was returning from, to Earth, mm-hmm. the woman with no eyes, with they were cut out and like like the whip, creepy blind lady and like wasn't speaking English to right, him. Right. Right. Uh, she was lying naked on the ground, on a still unable to speak. Like she still doesn't have like language. Right. Um. And there. Just the smoke starts to billow up from the sky. And, you know, the team realizes this woman's alive. And then they like watching the smoke go up in the sky. 
And uh, just at that moment, Trubo like looks at his watch and he's like, guys, it's 2.53, which is one of the times that Briggs uh, told them to be at this location. Mm-hmm. And right at that moment, they look up in the sky and they see a vortex or like some hole opening up. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, the smoke starts going out. There's like leaves like there's like a strip just like hole. Mm-hmm. And Andy in the scene is holding the, the woman's hand. Yeah kind of like consoling her right he's such a sweetie he is and so he lets you know everyone's looking up and he lets go stands up looks at it and then disappears from the forest Mm -hmm. and we can assume entered the vortex Mm -hmm. um hang on before we go to the black lodge yes well it's not the black lodge oh well before we go to this this um different dimension that's super important our producer is snoring yeah can you throw a pillow at him Sorry. <laughs> You're snoring I'm really sorry. loud. I'm sorry. <laughs> anyway, um, tell us what happens in this dimension, Meredith. Well, <laughs> so Andy arrives in the exact same chair with the giant that we start the whole series with mm-hmm. where, where Cooper is meeting with this right. guy. So we're like full circle. Yes. Um, and it appears, and I, I mean, I guess it's, it could be that, that Cooper, that that meeting happened after this or before this or with, you know, yeah, who knows who when know, that happened. Who fucking knows? But yes, like it's full circle in the terms of the, the story. We like are seeing this location again. Um, and we know that this, these, this is like a, you know, I guess I, 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 at least I think it's not a malicious being. It's a good place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but, I mean, from what I've seen so far. Mm-hmm. And apparently, um, so he tells him that. The question mark, question mark, giant. The question mark, question mark, question mark, giant. His name, he is the fireman. He's the fireman. Which, mm-hmm. which makes a lot of sense because if you think like, all these other entities are like kind of causing fires. Sure. Literally. Sure. Um, this, this guy is putting them he's out. Putting them out. And he's also wearing a smoking jacket. Yes. He is. <laughs> yes, he is. Uh, and so, um, so he just says that and waves to Andy and then he hands him a device where, yeah, where smoke starts building. Like it's almost, like a smoker of something like, like a hookah. A, yeah, or something. And yeah. it starts or like a the genie's bottle or something. Right. Like it's weird. So smoke starts billowing up from it above Andy's head. Um, and then it gets sucked up into a, a glass like porthole above him, mm-hmm. like a window, like a like a giant sunlight. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Andy looks up and he sees basically he gets caught up. He gets a synopsis of like everything we know so far. Like mm-hmm. he sees the figure that was chasing agent cooper down from earth mm-hmm. you know the the one that we can assume killed uh the yep. people in the high rise we see the trail of smoke from part eight that had bob's face in the frog moth egg mm-hmm. we see the woodsman at the gas station shortly after the atomic bomb and bombing we see the one woodsman who kept asking got a light we see Laura Palmer accompanied by angels. We see the red curtains of the Black Lodge or, or the waiting room or whatever it's called. 
We see the blind woman lying in the forest again. Mm -hmm. Um, We see Cooper splitting into two Coopers. Mm -hmm. Uh, Then we see a phone at the sheriff's station ringing, uh, followed by Andy walking Lucy down a hallway. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm going to assume it's the station, but it could be the hospital or something. I'm not sure. Just to show her something. And then he walks away from her. Mm -hmm. That one was an interesting one. And then... There's another electrical sound in this scene. And then we see a telephone pole with a like a address number six screwed to it. And I thought that that was that was those last two were the most cryptic of the bunch. Sure. Like things that we don't know, we don't know what they are about. Yeah, sure. Um, and so basically all of these memories um, all of this, this story gets sucked back up into the container that he's holding. Um, and he then flashes and, and leaves right. this room mm-hmm. with the giant. Um, and then we get the whole, like from here, we get the whole gang kind of reapparating mm-hmm. back at Jack Rabbit's palace, which is actually, now that I think about this, that's probably why they got the soil. Oh, so they could end up back there. Yes. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, like that's that's their key back. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they all end up back at Jack Rabbit's palace, and no one remembers what happened to them mm-hmm. except for Andy. Except for Andy. And Andy's holding the blind woman. Yeah. And just, and he seems to know exactly what needs to be done. Yes. And he's just like, this woman is very important. Mm-hmm. There are people that want to hurt her. Mm-hmm. We are going to bring her back to the police station and keep her safe. We're going to lock her up in a jail cell, mm-hmm. make her comfortable. They're not going to treat her like a, like a, no, but she's not just, a criminal. Yeah. But just, we can't tell anyone about it, but she, that's where she needs to go. Yeah. So like, let's not tell anyone about it, but also like, let's lock her up in a room with Chad and this guy who's and bleeding Billy. from the mouth. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Andy is a goddamn American hero. Oh, I love him. Um, he just comes in there like a valiant knight. And well, I just, just like let's let's do this. I just like that he's given a purpose. Yeah, and he's not just a comical joke because he yeah. in the last in the original series too he did have a purpose. Like he was the one who led them to the black lodge. He's always been with. like a key holder. He obviously is a good soul, mm-hmm. and I just I really appreciate that he's not just a comical relief, and that that him and Lucy are have purposes Iron in this Court. show. Yeah. Even for the last final episodes. I'm happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so they're back. They obviously they have to put the blind lady in the cell, like Andy said. And Lucy is putting a beautiful pink chenille robe on the blind lady. Yeah, he's getting she's getting she's her, getting her pajamas sure on she's her. Comfortable. Um these are pajamas from the time that the dog got lost, which I would think happens all the time in Twin Peaks, but that's fine. There was one time that it happened. Yes. Um uh and anyway, Chad is in there too, and he's sitting in the other cell and he's just being a dick, 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 dick bag. Um, and tells, oh, tells Andy that he's like gives cops a bad name yeah. and he's no kind of cop at all. And oh man, and Andy doesn't really like chew him out. Andy's just like, you're a very bad person, Chad. <laughs> and um, I love that Andy doesn't insult anybody. He's just like, you're a bad person. He just which tells is it true. like it is. So and then those so the guy in the other cell with his face all fucked up is you think is Billy. I think it's Billy. I didn't know who it was. So I was just like, well, based oh, on the, the conversation at the up. end, at of, the end the, of the show. Yeah. And I get I get that. I totally get what you're saying, um, especially because he's weird. But he's yeah. basically just repeating everything everyone says. Well, it makes it seem like he's 
So I'm like starting, I'm starting to put together more pieces of this show that I wasn't realizing before. And also like reading stuff helps. But like, it seems like whoever, whatever drugs are in this town, like are really fucking these people up. Uh, you mean whatever drugs are in America? No, but in Twin Peaks in particular. Okay. Like they're smuggling drugs into Twin Peaks. Like they've that, been you, doing it for 25 years now. But like the woman who like had all those scratches, like the, the rash oh. on her, the, the little girl who was like really sick in her on the car. car. Yeah. Like they're, um, I think that all of these people are on some sort of drugs that are also like connecting them to this. Maybe this universe, Maybe. this alternate, because like the guy, like for instance, red has his own spirit, supernatural powers mm-hmm. going on. Like Richard is a terrible guy. Chad's a terrible guy. And whatever drugs are going around in this town, I think are different than just like cocaine cool i don't know yeah i i see that theory so i think billy has like the the repetition is similar to like dougie Mm -hmm. and that's you know what i mean maybe yeah like the way that he just repeats what is being said Mm -hmm. in this scene who i assume is bill i'm again i'm assuming it's billy Mm -hmm. i'm pretty sure it is but it's an assumption i'm making okay yeah um just interesting anyway he's um repeating everything that chad is saying yeah um, and Chad is saying, shut up, you fucking drunk. And Billy is saying it. And as he's saying it, there's blood coming out of his mouth. Yeah, his, his face is fucked so up. fucked up. And um, and then he starts mimicking the blind lady who's making the like mumble core noises. Yeah. And then uh, Chad is mimicking them and it's like vocal static. But then Chad like starts yelling at them again because he's not into it. Um, so now we go to the Great Northern Hotel, which at first I thought was the mill because it was like a weird shot of it. Right. Um, but then I re- realized it was a Great Northern Hotel because of the patches. Right. So and. Um, Are they just like security guards, I guess? Yeah. So James is back once again um, and he is working as a security guard. And the guy who's working with him, Freddie, is trying to open a nut. He's basically trying like to crack nuts a, yeah, and he's just trying to destroying crack nuts them. And, and he's just, yeah, like obliterating them with his one glove. It turns out he's like a British guy and they start talking about how there's a they have to take care of a delivery and then they're going to go to the roadhouse. Who's playing at the roadhouse? I don't know. And Freddie's like, oh, well, you're just going to see Renee James. And uh, but she's married. And I'm like, well, James always wants unattainable women married, older, dead, whatever. James wants them. Um, and then the Nutcracker starts talking about um, being young and he's like, oh, you're 23. And James is like, oh, I remember when I was 23. Oh, by the way, it's my birthday. Um, and then he's like, hey, by the way, what's up with your hand? Yeah. Person that I know really well. Right. I haven't asked you up until this point on right. my birthday. And he's like, and Freddie's like, oh, it's a part of me. Actually, when the doctor tried to take it off, I started bleeding. And I was like, what? Um and then he says, I'm not supposed to tell where I got it. <laughs> James is like, come on, Freddie. Come on. Come on, Freddie. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Um, and he's like, oh, well, it is your birthday. And I'm like, yeah, birthdays are the right reason to tell creepy ethereal secrets. Right. Sure. Um, and anyway, he was saying that when he was in London in the East End, six months before the day James's birthday, um, he was walking home alone after being at the pub and he was like, I feel like I'm wasting my life. Um, what am I doing with myself? And then he sees a stack of boxes. He jumps on them and they get sucked up into a vortex. Um, and then he basically goes to the room that Andy was just in because he meets with the giant. 
Yeah. Okay. Um, and the giant is like, you have to go the right. Cause he says he's the fireman. Yes. So that's how we pretty much know it's the same guy. And apparently he tells him, go to the hardware store near your flat. Cause he's British. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, get a glove, um, in the glove aisle that doesn't have a partner, purchase it and put it on. And your right hand will possess the power of a pile driver. Um, so that's exactly what he does, right? He wakes up in his house. He goes to the hardware store. Um, he tries and buys the glove glove. There's this whole thing about the guy who doesn't want him to buy the glove, who he calls a jobs worth, which is apparently a loser. I want to know where the other fucking glove is. Does yes. someone else have it? Yes. I don't know. I don't, I want to know. Yes. I'm like, does someone else have a powerful yes. glove as well? <laughs> or is this just like another doppelganger motif? I, yeah. I yeah. Oh man. And so, also the arm thing. Um, so anyway, so that's how he, he gets it. He ends up punching the, the loser jobs worth guy. And, uh, and then he remembers that the fireman at one point told him, go to Twin Peaks, Washington, and there you will find your destiny. Now, my favorite thing about this scene, first off, Freddie's super charming. This story, like a superhero origin story, awesome. Yes, right? yes. I liked it. I also love it's a scene where James just stares the entire time. He's just yes. staring yes. and listening. Yep. It's very James. Yes. <laughs> um, anyway. I just I do like that James is at least sort of getting a he's therapist. But who cares, yes. right? Like he's there and I'm fine with him being yes. there, but we're not like dwelling too much on no. him. Yes. Um anyway, but so this guy he plans to go to Twin Peaks. Turns out somebody already bought a ticket for him. Um he he goes and then James is like, cool story, time to check the furnace. What like I just don't even cool know like story, bro. I don't even know what his purpose would be. James? No, this guy. Oh, the punch guy. Um, I was thinking maybe that he murder punches people like Poopy Koopy does. Oh. But then again, maybe. how is that useful? I don't know. I don't know either. <laughs> um anyway, so James is like, you stay here with your crazy ass super glove. I'm gonna go check out the furnace. So James goes off to furnace country. Um, and is there a scene where someone's in the furnace room? in the great Northern hotel, or is this just a familiar set for whatever reason? Uh, I, well, I think it's just familiar in the sense of like the electric, electrical mm, devices maybe. Mm-hmm. that are, you know, connecting these, like these portals, I think. Maybe. Um, I think that's the only reason it seems familiar to me. I, well, I was thinking maybe in the original show that something happened in the furnace. Room, I don't think but so. I, I don't know if I remember. Correctly. I don't think so. Um, anyway, James is looking around real hard and he sees the stuff in the furnace room and then he looks aside and he sees a door and then hard change. Yes. Like the scene just goes from yes. Ooh, door to wah, and it's the Elks Point number nine bar. I love that. This is my favorite scene of all time. So good. This made me be like, you know what? I really like this episode. This, this was an insane scene. Oh boy. Yeah. So Sarah Palmer is walking up to the Elks Point nine, number nine. She just nine needs Street a goddamn bar. drink. She does not give a fuck. She just wants a drink. Goes up to the bar, goes inside. Um, inside, it's just your grade A normal American shithole bar in the middle of nowhere. Yep. A uh, bearded bartender comes over, and Sarah Palmer's like, I will have a Bloody Mary in the middle of the night because fuck brunch. So give me this Bloody Mary. He's like, oh, cool. No problem. I got you. Um, she sits there, she's having her drink and there's a man on the other end of the bar 
Um, Because, like, the people are gathered at one end and she's in the middle and he's at the other end. Um, And he's just, like, an overweight guy with a trucker hat and a ponytail. And he just fits right in with, like, you know, what you would imagine in this bar. And he's looking over at Sarah. Um, Side note, uh, next to him, at the end of the bar against the wall, a beer fridge. I kind of want one. Yeah. It just, I don't know. Yeah. It looks like a good time. It's all lit up. It has those little special beer canisters. Anyway. No, I'm picking up. We should get a beer fridge. I just, I kind of want one. Okay. So uh, this guy walks over and he has a shirt that says truck you again. He's just fulfilling all these stereotypes that you would imagine about a guy at a ship bar Um, walks over, sits next to Sarah is just terrible and creepy and says drinking all alone tonight. And she's like, mind your own business, (laughs) which fair. She's an old woman. What is he doing? Yes. Okay, please. And he's like, oh, that wasn't very polite. And she's like, it wasn't meant to be. And I'm like, oh, my God, rapist, please go away. Yes. This is not, this is a not all men hashtag situation. Yes. Like, I, like, I hate you. Yes. Um, anyway, and he's like, I can sit wherever I want. It's a free country, free cunty. And I'm like, dude. And then he calls her a bull dyke. And I just, and then I wrote down, wait a minute. Isn't this guy supposed to be on campus in Virginia somewhere? Nope. They're everywhere. Cause this is America. <laughs> I just had to write that down. Cause it felt true. And I like that David Lynch is putting this person in here oh yeah because i feel like it's it it feels accurate right and dave lynch is not someone i think who has a good um idea of what the male gaze is like on the other side no but this is a really good i think just character portrayal this is a great scene so i was cool with it anyway he says something to her about like pulling her lesbo titties off yes but you know what sarah palmer winds up him oh yeah because she does pull something off and it's her goddamn face (laughs) She's like, you want to see what puts behind this face? Blackness. You filthy fat piece of shit. Yeah. Okay. It is. She, and she yeah, goes, do you want to fuck with this? Do you really want to fuck with this? And it's, it's, it's black and there's like something kind of coming out of it. And well, there's a, there's a hand and the ring fingers all swollen. Right? Is it the right hand or the left hand? It's the spiritual the hand. finger. Yeah. Um, and, and there's just like, oh, and there's like a Cheshire smile, right? When she puts her face back on. Yeah. It really like, it like gives a new meaning to like, oh, I have to put my face on before we go out. (laughs) Yes. So she's, yeah, she's. And then as soon as she puts her face back on, she fucking bites him. (laughs) She just, and she bites him so hard that like what half the, of no. his neck is missing. Well, what he's yeah, what she says, what he says is, I'm gonna chop your like titties I'm off. I'm gonna pull your lesbo titties and off. And then so she's like, well, oh, I'm gonna I'm eat gonna, you. I'm gonna fucking eat you. Or yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, cool. I'll show you what eating is like from a lesbo titty. Yes. Anyway, um, he bleeds out because she took a huge chunk out of his neck. His neck. Listen. He deserves it. Can we send this version of Sarah Palmer to Virginia to just eat people? I'm fine with it. No, I'm promoting violence. Yes, I am. But I kind of. Well, they're maybe also just like, OK, only if they're only it's only going to happen if they walk up to her. That's true. That's true. I think it's it's totally deserved in this it's case. Different. It's deserved. in. she's not going to go out threatened and her people. Right. She wanted to have her fucking Bloody Mary. Yeah. She just wanted to have a Bloody Mary. Yes. And then this guy came over and said really terrible things to her. And he got everything he deserved. And I found it really satisfying. And I might make a gif. Of what? Of those like 10 seconds. Yeah. Where, where he's like, I'm going to rip off your titties. And she's like, 
do you really want to fuck with this? And I'm going to eat you. I'm going to make it into a gift and send it to all my single friends for them to send to men on Tinder. Sounds good to me. Cool. Ladies. I'm not single, but I would, I would be willing to do that as well. I'm not either. Otherwise, maybe I should just send it to like old flings (laughs) for funsies. Anyway. Or anytime an old fling text messages you. Yes. Do you really want to fuck with it? (laughs) Just. Okay. All right. All right. Yes. So. It only gets better. Yes. Right. Because at first she screams and is like, oh, my God, what happened? I think she is legitimately shocked that that happened. I, I think she's bouncing back and forth. She doesn't. Right? She, she's not really in control. No, you, she, I think right. she's actually shocked. Like, I would. I didn't do that. I didn't do that. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and then the bartender bartender comes over and he's like, wait a minute. You probably had something to do with this. And she's like, no, I'm innocent. I was just sitting here. I'm like, drink. You saw me. And he's kind of like, well, I'm going to call the police. And I kind of still think you did it. And then she delivers the most. Another gif I'm going to make is the most amazing line. Yeah, sure is a mystery, huh? Yeah. Like, how's your neck feeling right now? Right. <laughs> you want to get closer to me? Right. Oh, my God. I loved it. Um, so then we go to the roadhouse with who I thought was at first Drew Barrymore, but it's not. She just looks like a normal white lady. And um, she is her friend is like. You've been going to the nut house. You shouldn't go there. And she was like, yeah, I get high at home, which I think is falls in line with your whole drug theory argument. Totally about how like everybody at the roadhouse is on some kind of like drugage or involved in it. And then she's like, nice sweater. Where did you steal it? She's like, oh, it's Paula's. I love the soap opera sidebars. Oh, I do too. It's like, well, it's like a slice of life. It's like a, yeah, a play like catching like, I don't know. I just like a little t- teensy bit of conversation about the town. Like, yeah. It's and our all the town. fucked up shit that's happening. But all, but this was actually a re- like all of them. But this have is been, a piece of it for sure. All of them have, have given you clues. Right. Um, and this one was a very, very good we, clue. Yeah. So she goes, so the one girl goes, where the fuck is Billy? You were the, supposed to be the last person yeah. to see Billy. And she's like, oh, actually me and my mom, we're at home in the kitchen. It was so fucking scary. He came up. He jumped a six foot fence, came running at the back door, sees us through the window, blood coming out of his nose and mouth, gushing like a waterfall. And then comes in and at one point is like leaning over the sink and is like bleeding into the sink. Um, yeah. And then I think he says something, but I didn't write it down. It doesn't matter. And then the girl's like, why didn't you tell anyone? Like, why didn't you call the cops? It seems like a really obvious time to call the cops. And she's like, I don't know. I didn't really know what to think. Yeah, like you're terrified. Exactly. Like, and he doesn't like, I don't know. Yeah, I wouldn't know what to do. Yeah. But then she's like, I heard that your mom had something to do with him. And I was like, oh, my God, is this Audrey's daughter? And then she was like, by the way, what's your name? Which was not, I'm sorry, that was very lazy oh, writing. Yeah, it was. That was the worst writing ever. By the right. way, what's your mom's name? Person that I've obviously known for right. years. But I'm glad that we kn- But now we know. I'm glad we were told this. That yes. her mom's name is Tina. Right. Um, I just felt like that was a not smooth. That was whatever. I'm not going to go into really, how lazy that just, was. But I really liked that all of those people that we were introduced to are. In the Audrey are episode. Act- are actual people. Yes, I agree. And that Audrey actually is even if she's insane like these are all people that she does interact with on in her life right so right um, i appreciate it anyway and so she's saying like there's so much blood i had to clean up and I, all i can think is like oh my god this is tina's daughter and tina's a real person and audrey's not trapped in someone's brain exactly. and billy's a real person right yes. and then um who's the guy that introduces the band 
I don't know. He was from, wasn't he Mulholland Drive or something? I don't remember his name. It's yeah. fine. But he's like, Lissy is here. And I was like, oh, cool. I'm another band at the Roadhouse. I'm ready for the credits. But actually, this band was great. Yeah, she was awesome. I watched awesome. the whole thing. I really like I'm going to look up her tour dates. Yes. This was the only band other than Nine Inch Nails where I was like, oh, this is fun. Yeah, she was wonderful. She was, uh, her, that whole thing was awesome. Yeah, she was very, she had a lot of soul. Um. Okay. Whew. Yeah. We recapped it. We recapped it. We did it. Let's get into this. Let's get into our questions. Our favorite minor character. Favorite minor character. Oh, this is a really hard one. Um, can I? I'm gonna say Sarah Palmer, even though I don't feel like Sarah was. She's not minor, but she's kind of. Yeah, I don't feel like she's insignificant, but I'm gonna go with Sarah Palmer. I'm gonna pull someone from that scene. Okay. Um, when you first, when she first walked into the bar, right. Um, and all those people were at the end of the bar talking, uh-huh. there was a black guy at the end of the bar uh-huh. and he has to be the only one in Twin Peaks. There you go. Based on the, how what I've seen in this so show. So you like him. So I'm just happy that he's there and he cool. looked like he was having a phenomenal time with Great. his friends. Great. All right. Good so, choice. Good mm-hmm. choice. Um, sweeping proclamation. Oh, shut I got one. Yeah, go. Um, there's going to be a really loud noise at one point uh, in the last episode, and Gordon Cole's head is going to explode. <gasps> That's a really good one. Like, Bill Hastings' head exploded. But just from the noise. <laughs> um, That's a really good one. I'm going to say, I want to say that, like, Hmm. I want to give like the person who cracks this whole thing to to Tammy. Well, I want Tam- I believe that. I want Tammy just to all I want of a sudden, her to crack it too. I want her to come in and save the whole fucking day. She seems to be intuitive. She's picking stuff right. up. Yeah. Mhm. She's it's not like I it's not like she's my favorite character, but I think like and it's clear that they're just kind of introducing like making her the proxy. She's they're making her us. Yeah. She's She's the character, the audience, the is audience to identify yeah. with. Mm-hmm. But I just want, I just want her to win. Yeah, I think it'd be great. I don't really like the portrayal of her or how it's being acted, but I don't care because I want the character to win. Yeah, no, yeah. I just, yeah, that's what I mean. Like, I don't have any strong feelings about her, but mm-hmm. I'm gonna say that she's gonna win. She's gonna win the whole cool. thing. Cool. Um, where's Bob? Where's, where's Bob? Where's Bob? God, he's everywhere. He is Twin Peaks. I think Bob isn't Sarah Palmer. Yeah. I, I think heard, they are living together in a I, marriage. Yeah, I heard you said that multiple times, but I think he's just like all over Twin Peaks. Like he's just in the world. He's just in there. Mm. He's just occupying it. He's just making it his baby. Yeah. He has made so many Bob babies. So it's many insane. Bob babies. So many. Yeah. Mm. Um, What's Donna been up to? What has Donna been up to? Yeah. Um... I think Donna has recently discovered through years of not knowing and then finally doing a um, like a, a, a food test that she's allergic to right. gluten. OK, so she's kind of she's like she's had to clean out her fridge. <laughs> she's had to learn new cooking techniques. She right. can't have soy sauce anymore. Right. That's a big deal. Yes. So, yeah, Donna's allergic to gluten now. Cool. Mm hmm. I think that Donna is getting in on this drug game 
she's tired Whoa. of being out of it. There's no gluten in drugs. Right. No. So I think <laughs> no. she's tired of being out of the game. Right. She wants, she to, get wants back in. to be involved. Yeah. So she's she's but she's she's gonna become the kingpin though. Is her kingpin name Big Mama Donna? Yes. Yeah. It is. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. Okay. And I think I feel like for some reason she always has like a full grown man sucking up milk from her tits. Of course. And of course. But a younger man, a younger, better looking man. Like twenty one age, right? 21. Consensual. Yeah. Yeah. I think I feel like that's the thing. Mm-hmm. He's he's her little do bitch. Yes. He like goes, goes and does stuff when yes. she needs it. She's like, get off my teeth and go get me gluten free cookies. Yes. Mm hmm. Yeah. Big Mama Madonna. Yeah. Running the drug game. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. All right, guys. Yeah. Thanks for thanks for joining us this week as and every week and every week. I really love it. We do so much. Um, And if you love us, you yeah. know what you can do. Is leave us a little a little review, give us some starage, and leave us reviewage. The most important thing you could do. It's the most important thing you could do, and then and, uh, and also like the easiest way you could possibly support us, right? In any way, shape, or form. Like it takes no time. I do want to shout out to Trouble O Six Nineteen for you. Yes, for the- calling us writing a review called "Funny as Shit." It says crack up every time I listen. Thanks for great and funny podcasts. Thank you. Well, you thank you're you. welcome. Trouble 0619 for you. Yeah. Thank you. And you're <laughs> welcome. We're happy that you're listening. I also is it trouble 0619 for you? Are oh, you 19 for us? I, I mean, that's of age. Yes. Well, are you trouble? Thank you. Is it trouble or trouble? Thank you for writing the review. But I thanks. Love it. Yes. Thank you very thoughtful we loved it (laughs) um also what you could do is go onto our patreon page if you're very generous more generous than trouble if you want to be our daddy warbucks or 19 for you not that i mean they were generous we don't know what their financial situation is if they're anything like us they're not that generous (laughs) (laughs) which is why you should go to the patreon.com slash twbd podcast and just do what you can or just look at the page it's cool yeah um, you can always follow us on the Instas, on the Twitters, on the life at TWBD Podcast. Yes. And you can check out everything else at there will be drinking podcast.com. Yep. Mm-hmm. And email us your feelings at there will be a TWBD Podcast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think that wraps it up. That feels like all of it, yeah. All right. Uh thanks everyone again. Uh pie up your life. And have a damn fine cup of coffee. coffee.